There it is. There it is. Welcome in to the Bear With Us podcast. I'm Jack. He's Frank. The sound you just heard, Frank. Why did we play that sound? You know why? Because it's the start of the NFL draft. We draft season is finally fucking here, Jackie. We made it. We made it. We made it. We made it. I can't believe it's here. I can't even believe it. It feels like this draft has taken 35 years off my life. And that was even after the Bears had traded out of the number one pick. And we kind of, because now it's just, there's so many options. There's so many moving parts, but we have some other things we got to get to first before we really get into the meat of things in regards to this draft, Frank. And obviously as Bears fans, we should start nowhere else than the fact that the NFC North quarterback situation has gotten a little bit worse. And for us, that's be- that's that's better. That's good. Aaron Rodgers officially traded to the New York Jets on Tuesday or on Monday, Monday evening, I believe it was. Uh, Frank, I mean, how how do you feel? I I, I mean, I, I don't want to get too much into the compensation angle of did the Packers get fleeced? Did the Jets get? Was it a good trade? A bad trade? Overall, I think it was a good trade for both sides. How how did you feel initially when it, it's finally over? The Aaron Rodgers era of Packers football is finally over. To be honest, I, I was shocked that it didn't happen um, on draft night, J- especially because there was a swap involved. I, I, I honestly, I was expecting the Jets to just flat out give up their first round pick and not swap. Um, so good on the Packers for, I mean, good on the Jets for not making, you know, letting the Packers have that sort of leverage. Honestly, my only thought, and it's, it, it was more of a progressing thought that I had was like, and it's because the conditional pick, uh, it may be another first, it may, or a second, depending on if he retires or what was it like play a certain amount of snaps or whatever. There's certain conditions. 65% of the snaps next year will turn into a sec, will turn a second round pick into a first round pick. Yeah. And it just made me wonder, like. You know, for, for as much as we can get annoyed with Aaron Rodgers with his antics and his certain takes, whether politically or, you know, science-wise, he's not a stupid person, right? Like, he's he's just not, like, a flat-out dumb guy. I, I legitimately do think he sabotaged the Packers on purpose a little bit, bringing up the retirement thing, saying, like, I was 90% sure. You know what I mean? Just, like, lowering his own stock to, like, shove it to the Packers on his way out of the door. That was my biggest thought, and it was because of the conditional second uh, first, you know, depending on the percentage of snaps. Other than that, I mean, you know, just like we were talking a little bit about it off air, it was never a doubt in my mind that this wasn't going to happen. Um, I, I know, like, people were sick of the Aaron Rodgers drama and saga, and I totally get that, but I, I, I sincerely mean this. I don't think this was on him at all. This was two front offices trying to figure out what's fair compensation for a 39-year-old quarterback who may retire after this year, who said he was going to retire before some mushroom retreat that he had. You know what I mean? So it was like, it was always going to be a little bit longer. You know, if, if, if this was a prime, you know, or this is like a Patrick Mahomes trade, this should have would have gotten done the second he wanted to be out of the door. You know what I mean? Like, this, it just is what it is for, for a guy this age who seemingly is on a little bit of the decline. Um, I mean, what were some of your thoughts? What were your, what were your takeaways from the whole situation? Yeah, it's 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 weird. Like, I feel like it really hasn't sunk in yet uh, until he (laughs) until he really is wearing the green and black or green and white, depending on what they decide to wear on their opening day. Um, I'm assuming that the Jets will be in a lot of primetime games this year. I feel like they're going to get the Broncos treatment, um, whether that's deserved or not. Uh, You know, I I, I don't think it's interesting because. Normally when trades like this happen, 
when when big players get traded or big you know big name guys sign elsewhere, um, it comes with a lot of expectations. The news is just blown out of the water. It's this is the best team in the NFL right away, no doubt about it. They're winning the Super Bowl. But it's interesting because I feel like this is one of the first times in a while where that hasn't been the com- the total consensus. And I think what you were kind of talking about in regards to Rodgers and how people perceive him in the around the league, it's like, like I'm saying on the fans' perspective, I, I feel like it's not as, like you think of the, the hype that, that Russell Wilson got last year when he was traded the Broncos. Remember like the Broncos, Super Bowl favorites, that's the best division of football. Absolutely. It's going to be, a you know, the Broncos and the Chiefs and the AFC, like no doubt. But now I feel like people are being a little more cautious about Rodgers because he is a little bit older, had sort of a bad season last year in, in regards to his standards, of course. Um, I think people are kind of being realistic, but I will say, I think this is the Jets. This is the move they had to make. Right as soon as Derek Carr announced he was going to uh, to to New Orleans and Jimmy G signed with the Raiders, it was basically you have to get Rodgers because they they weren't drafting high enough to get one of the rookie quarterbacks, so or one of the top rookie quarterbacks, I should say. Um, but th- this is a move they had to make. I just I, I, I word of caution to Packers fans. Like I, I understand. The other side of the, you know, the other side of the hill may look enticing. You're finally over with the drama. I've had a lot of Packers friends who texted me and have said, like, relief, just just straight relief. They're happy it's over. They're happy to be done with the guy. But you've had stability at the quarterback position for the last, you know, 20 years. So just just be careful. Careful what you're you're, you're 30, really, if you think about it. Yeah, 30. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So just, 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 you know, but, but I did have someone tell me he's ready for excited to watch a season where their, their expectations aren't astronomical. Like you're not judging every single game as if it's like a playoff game, which I, I do understand that, that, that side of it. Yeah. Well, but, I, I, I've also sort of seen the sentiment from some Packers fans that are just like, this makes the regular season exciting, not exciting, but like mean more again because like you just as a Packers fan for the last especially like you're 10 just years in the playoffs yeah it's just like let's just fast yeah. forward and if you know like not hopefully not be disappointed in the in the uh in the NFC championship game again or get bounced in the first like it's just sort of like let's just fast forward through this and now there's almost like a little bit more of an appreciation for the offseason um I will say really quick though I did say he was on the D or he seems to be on the decline but I, I mean I said the same thing prior to him winning back-to-back MVPs. Like, he had that down year in, what was that, 2018? And I I don't discount him for having, like, a fuck you season. You know what I mean? Like, it just, like, I think you worded it very well. He had a down year for him. He didn't have a down year for an NFL quarterback. He had a pretty and above-average year, all things considered, but you just know the greatness of him. It would not shock me if he has another MVP-level season, you know, hiding up his sleeve as he goes to the Jets especially with the offense like this is this will be his best offense that he's played in since he had you know Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson and yep. all those dudes like this will be 
his, his, you know, and, and a lot of it will depend of course on, on how that offense works and, and the scheme and the play calling and things like that, how they adjust to Rogers versus how Rogers is going to, you know, if he's going to be a little bit more willing to, to sort of, you know, not cave, but like adjust to what the jets want to do on offense. I'm, I'm very curious how that situation plays out because we've seen quarterbacks go to different teams and it, and it just takes a little bit. It takes a couple of years to really kind of adjust the things. They don't really have that kind of time with Aaron Rodgers Cause you never know what he wants to do moving forward. Like this was a win now move. Uh, so hopefully, you know, I think this will answer a lot of questions that, when you and I were doing our coaching rankings, go check that video out from uh, this previous off season. Um, not previous during the off season, I should say previous couple months, but you know, when we were ranking Robert Sala and, and even uh, Matt LaFleur, it was like, we're not really sure how to rank these two. Cause you just, there's so many questions that have to be answered. Now you can really kind of answer questions for both, right? Packers fans will finally get to see what Matt LaFleur is all about as a head coach. This is his team, right? Moving forward. There's no diva involved. There's nothing to get in his way of running the offense. He wants to have it run as, and on the flip side, now Robert Sala has a quarterback to carry his defense to the next level and carry his offense as well to like uplift that team just overall. So it's a very interesting trade for both sides. Again, I don't think it's a bad trade. Like I wasn't like, Whoa, like the jets only got that, or, you know, only had to give up that or, you know, the Packers were like, wow, I can't believe they got that return, you know? So it, it's just weird as <laughs> like, I, I was, I was, I texted you and I said like, at this point, who is the best, like, what is the top five quarterbacks in the NFC? Like it's just, it's, it's, it's wild how it's like the, the balance it's just completely shifted to the AFC at this point where there's just, it, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. They're like arguably one top 10 quarterback in the NFC, like in the NFL is in the NFC. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. He, I, he's for sure in there. Cause he's yeah. probably oh, in the top five. You can probably make a case for Dak. I'd have to sit down in at like nine or 10, right? That's yeah, about like it though. Really. I mean, who else you're putting, you're not putting Kirk in there. Are you? Well, we're, it's a good tease for you a little bit later on. Cause we, uh, yeah, you know, we're after the draft, we, Frank and I will be doing our, our quarterback rankings. Um, want to see kind of where everybody ends up in the, in the draft, but like NFC is fucking wide open, man. And, yeah. and I, I, I was watching some highlights from, from Jordan love, uh, today. Cause I was like, let me remind myself, like, what, what should I be looking for? I mean, it's like three minutes. Cause he's barely, <laughs> he's barely played as a first round pick. It's just, it's wild to me. But anyways, Man, Packers said, I, I I feel like there's like a split down the middle and, you, and you've kind of seen it in some of our group chats and things like that, where it's like some Packers fans are like, no, 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 I think he's going to be good. Others are like, I, I don't know. And kind of from watching him, I feel like he just like struggles to get the ball downfield. Like I know a lot of the things is he can't really read a defense all that well, but I just, I, I see him struggling to really air the ball out. So curious to see how that works in that offense yeah it's it's also a thing where like he hasn't gotten many live game reps at the nfl level so there may still be things where it's like his processor the things that we touched on with justin just like getting better at as he gets real-time reps and like we've you know you know touched on the importance of that 
that still may not be right where it is because practice can't really get you to that level. It just is what it is. Um, but in terms of like knowing the playbook and such, they should be able to draw things up. If he's a solid or above average or just anything but bad or even an average quarterback, they should be able to draw things up that should have success. But I, I think that that's where as an evaluator, whether a fan like sort of talking about it or like an actual exec in the NFL, particularly the, the Green Bay front office, like how do you separate like, yeah, he should be at this level because he's been here for four years versus like, oh, he's much better than we thought or, or like he is as good as we thought and we should pay him after one year of, you know, being the starting quarterback. So it, it's such a weird position to be in because yeah, to me, unless you have like, I don't know, like a, uh, it, it, you're, you're sort of compared, you, you have to compare this year at like a, a, an elite rookie year, right? Like a Joe Burrow before he got hurt, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. If you don't have that type of year and you're in position next year to draft a quarterback high, I think you have to pull the trigger on a quarterback, right? Like you, you don't just throw all, throw all your eggs in that basket. Again, unless he has a monster, like undoubtedly, okay, he's, he's the guy, which again, yeah. I'm right there with you. We just have to wait and see how the hell can you say one way or the other? Like, the Bears fan to me wants to say, oh, yeah, he sucks. But, you know, objectively, we have, know that he sucks, we, yeah, so right? I mean, we have no idea if he's good or not. So it's just right. a wait and see for them. But I mean, this is what this is exactly why we said last year. And, you know, we got called all types of names and things. But that's why you should have did this last year. You get a bigger haul for uh, Rogers last year in the offseason. You probably missed the playoffs anyway. So you get a higher draft pick. You get to really evaluate the kid. But then if he is good enough or he has like an average season, you have a whole nother year to do that evaluation again. Now you're stuck with just one year of evaluation. So they sort of box themselves into a corner trying to squeeze one more year out of Rodgers and it just didn't work out. That's why we were pounding the table to just let give Mitch as much help as you possibly can to really know if he if he sucks or not. Like that was the whole thing. So um, and then one last thing I wanted to touch on, Frank, because I, it, it, it really just made me think of you. Um, the GM of the Jets was talking about uh, Zach Wilson and how this really impacts him. And the GM was like, I think this is great for, for Zach Wilson because he's going to really get to sit and learn behind one of the all-time greats. His ceiling is still incredibly high. Like this is like, what do you think is the future of Zach Wilson? Like, is it, is it over for him in, the, in New York? Is there any sort of chance this improve uh, helps his career moving forward no i mean he, he he's done again like you know i've had people ask me just point blank because if you look on paper like justin's numbers aren't crazy impressive the last couple of years but they're like well what you know looking at their stats they're similar they're comparable like what do you see in you know justin that you don't see in zach and it's just that ability to improve look at what they like from day one of justin being in the nfl to however many games he started now he looks you see the the improvement. Uh, forget the stats. Just look at with your own eyes. With Zach Wilson, he's still just as lost. It's it's that that game that um who was the who was the Jets court uh, Sam Darnold had against New England. And he's like I'm just like seeing ghosts. That's what Zach Wilson looks like nonstop. Like he didn't even have the flashes that Darnold did. Like Darnold, you can squint and be like, okay, if he puts it together, he has the talent. Zach doesn't have. Again, I, I didn't like his college tape either, though. So it may sound like I'm being harsh, but you know. It, I, this is what I thought you were getting in Zach Wilson, no matter where you drafted him. So to me, this type of prospect needs to go in the third or fourth round as a developmental guy. You sit for some years, see if we can, you know, develop you not as the number two guy. Cause you can't, I mean, you're, you're really selling your fan base to that. I know you sort of have to say that he's going to be there unless you just flat out cut him, but you know, you can't truly believe that. I guess is what I'm saying. Like to the media, of course you, you speak nice of him, but he's cooked. You wouldn't even make this trade. If Zach Wilson had any sort of potential to be a starting NFL quarterback. 
I mean, you're, you're telling on yourself just by making this trade. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly why I wanted to ask you about it. I have no other thoughts on it. I just, I just love well, it's, anytime yeah, it's, I can get Frank's thoughts on, on Zach Wilson. I have to, I have to kind of poke yeah, the bear I, a little bit. But you know, but, but again, I know it sounds harsh, but it's, it's like, I mean, it's comparable to, to there was a big fight this past weekend with Ryan Garcia and, and tank and everyone's like, Oh, now that, you know, Ryan lost, everyone's saying he's a hype job. And it's like, I'm raising my hand. Like, I've been saying it for four years now. He just finally stepped up to the elite level. And it's like the same thing with Zach Wilson. Like, I'm not doing this because of the Rodgers trade. Like, check my track record. Like, I can screenshot you posts and, and texts and, and, you know, things in group chats that I said about him. I evaluated his tape. And I'm not acting like I'm the end-all, be-all. I've been wrong about prospects before. But I was right about him. It just is what it is. I, I, I'm telling you what I thought the whole time. Which makes it even funnier that uh that it's happening all over again in in this draft coming up on thursday which we'll we'll get into in a second oh here. man but, yeah um, yeah so frank and i are definitely going to talk a little more about uh you know about the uh, just the overall draft because it's, it's one of the best nfl events all season i is it number two behind the super bowl Jackie, it might be number one. Let, let, can I present the argument as to why Ooh, it's it's bigger than okay. the Super Bowl? Yeah, go for it. So I'd love to hear the argument. The the Super Bowl is big. We we know that. It, it has the commercials and, and it attracts sort of the fans that don't necessarily watch football. They're watching it just because it's the event. It's just the NFL has built that product up. But the draft is a time where everyone has faith in their team again. It doesn't really like it. it you can maybe have a handful of teams that still feel like, you know what, this year isn't the year. But again, like even from a Bears fan, that doesn't mean everyone thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl. But you have a really good draft. You knock the first four picks out of the ballpark. They're all serviceable starters. One couple are superstars. You can say, look, look what the Lions did last year. That could be us this year. That could be even better. Even like someone like the Cardinals, if we just stay 500 until Kyler's back. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's so many teams that can like squint and be like, we get Jalen Carter at three. You know what I mean? Like that, that solves a few of the problems. Like, you have so many more teams who are like, this is it. Like, th this is what we're three draft picks away from sort of upping the floor and being a playoff team. So it I might it might be argument. a bigger event. I, I don't I don't hate that that argument at all. There is absolutely well-deserved optimism for all of your fan bases, especially if you're a team that, like, you think about it, like teams who were terrible all during the season, it's the first time you get to feel good because your yeah. team was so bad, you get one of the best prospects or you have the opportunity to get one of the the best prospects in, in football, like in, in college football. And you get to add it, you get some new players on your team. You maybe, you know, had some, some signings you really liked. Yep. Maybe things are starting yep. to look up a little bit. Whereas in the Super Bowl, you're right. Like it's a very fun event. Usually, well, especially this past Super Bowl was absolutely incredible. But unless you're like a really big fan of one of those two teams, you know, most people are kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, that was cool. That or was like fun. a really but big like, hater of one of the teams. Like if the Cowboys were in it, the whole NFC fan base, NFC East fan base is, is sure. going to band together and, and make it a, an event. Right. You know what I mean? But I, I get, mean, the right. Cowboys being in a Super Bowl is laughable in, a, in itself. Jesus. You, know? you can take that to the bank. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, man, like, I, I, I don't know if I, I, I might, I might be, you may have swayed me on that. Like the draft is just, it's a ton of fun. There's a lot of good things. Like, you know, I, I think the mock drafts, I, people who take those seriously are just uh, like hilarious to me. People who get upset about them are even funnier. Like, dude, if you don't want to look at them, don't look at them. It's just yeah. people filling up time. It's people having fun. But I will say this draft has taken a few years off my life, Frank, just because of how many different 
people have been assigned to the Bears. Um, you know, you, you think of like not even just position like players, but like players in the positions. Like there have been four different offensive tackles <laughs> linked to the Bears. I know at the number nine pick. So it's hard to like keep track of like, okay, who's, who's now the favorite to go to the bears here. Uh, well, uh, Ian Cunningham, the bears assistant general manager was asked a question about uh, a very popular name that's been linked to the bears, that being Jalen Carter. And, and basically Ian Cunningham said, we're going to go best player available. Regardless, we're going to take best player. We think can fit. We're not saying no to any player at this position. Um, and I, I find that interesting again, you know, it's smokescreen season, right? You, you never know what's real. What's not Frank. Have you been swayed at all? Have there been any changes? Cause we've, we've done this a couple times, talked about Jalen Carter quite a bit on this podcast. And, and I know that you're not the biggest fan of, of potentially drafting him. Have, have your opinions changed at all? Jackie, listen, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've now that draft season is here or the, I should say the draft is here. Draft season has been since the day after the Super Bowl. Uh, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to are starting to get former GMs, former scouts, just guys who, who do a lot of scouting and put together these mock drafts. And one of them made a really good point. I wish I remembered his name because I could shout him out. Um, but he was just like, look, we don't have the same ability that people in the front office do you had they have red flags on them that's why they're doing these interviews that's why they get those top 30 visits and everything um and they were specifically talking about jalen carter and the names that he was bringing up warren sap and Kong sue i mean just just the, the game records on the inside uh aaron donald just generational talent and um so what he said was one you trust the tape and he so he so he also refuted some of the red flags that were out there about like him taking plays off and things. And he, he provided context to where some of that came from. Um, one of them, you know, the critique came as I guess after he came off of a knee injury, it was his first game back, and he looked a little tired. Like that's to be, you know, that, that that's understandable. That's to be expected. Um, and there was one other time where that critique happened, but it was the first time that he had played like over eighty five percent of the snaps, and it was the fourth quarter. And it was like, well, that everyone does that, like especially a big three hundred. 30 pounder, whatever the hell he is. Um, so anyway, I say all that to say the biggest point that he made that I thought was br a brilliant one was you either trust your front office or you don't. So if you don't trust them and you have these sort of character concerns based on what has happened in this offseason, you're going to say, you know what? I'm still out I, because I already don't trust my front office. How can I trust them to make sure that he, you know, the red flags are gone. He can be a good guy for the locker room. And he said, if you trust your front office, you know, they did their due diligence to say, hey, we, you know, we had these red flags based on our interviews. We think he's mature enough to move forward. We think he's good enough to be a part of this locker room. And I'm here to say, Jack, outside of the Claypool trade, Ryan Poles has done nothing but continue to gain our trust. I wouldn't say the trust is like a 10 out of 10 because it was right. just one year. Well, we'll right. And this is a second offseason. But we've liked the majority of moves that he's made. He's talked about only wanting high-character guys. He continues to do that. He, he proves that by bringing back Dante Pettis who by, by all accounts was great for the locker room. Um, so I would trust him. I really would. And, and I know I had a pretty harsh take, but it, it wasn't because of Jalen Carter's talent. Let's make no mistake. He, he He's on a lot of people's boards, 
the number one guy in the draft. That right. if, if quarterbacks were sort of even keel, like you just put everyone even in terms of impact in the game, he would go number one in this draft. And by some of them, it wouldn't be close by, by you know, by some people's account. So, yeah, I, I, I would be all in. I, I, think, I think Ian Cunningham and Ryan Poles and probably Eberflus and whoever else is involved in this process, I would assume ownership, you know, based on what, what happened in the offseason with Jalen Carter that they gave the green light and said, no, he would be, he would be good for us. I still think I hear, I hear things in terms of immaturity that I don't necessarily like. Um, the pro day scared me a little, but again, do you watch this dude's fucking tape? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, I almost feel like, you know, when they were talking about Zion versus John ja Morant in that debate. And I was just like, maybe Ja winds up, you know, you have the injury concerns with, with Zion because of his athleticism and that weight that he carries. But like, how can you not take a chance on a guy that big, that athletic, that strong, that everything on a basketball court. And I, feel, I almost feel the same way about Jalen at this point. You know, it's like how, especially at nine, you're not talking about at one anymore. You're not talking about like, you have your pick of everyone. You're talking about this guy being available at nine. So yeah, I, it's not I, I would Will be Anderson all in. Versus Jalen Carter. It's not. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely understand that point. And uh, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I think personally, I still prefer the bears to go right tackle. Um, I know that Ian Cunningham said that they have about six to eight players they feel comfortable with at number nine, which is which is great, right? Because obviously there's going to be quarterbacks taken. So a lot of those guys that they're comfortable with will most likely all be there or, or not all, but relatively close to to nine, uh, if not most of them. Um, you know, Ryan Poles at this point, I just have to assume he knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, we did our 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 positional grades the last couple of weeks and one of the higher grades or one of the better positions we talked about in a brighter light, I'm not going to say necessarily grade wise, um, was the defensive backs. And those were his first two picks. And it wasn't that necessarily, we didn't like the players. You know, we like some of the upside on, on both of the guys that he drafted first, you know, got a left tackle that he believes can be a starter, um, at, you know, the fifth round, like I, I am, I'm on board with you. If I were to rate it out of 10, how much I trust Ryan Poles. I think right now it would probably be seven to eight. I was going to say eight. seven. I, yep. I, I can't go, I can't go super high. Right. Cause there were some things questionable that he did last year. Right. But he didn't really have a whole lot to work with, but that's not an excuse for drafting a guy like Valus Jones in the third round. And that pick just, you know, I, I don't mean to pick on Valus too much, but the pictures from top to bottom didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, outside of the fact that he was fast, right? Like, like that was that was kind of the big reason they drafted him. But outside of that, it just never really added up. Um, but you know, he, he like you said, Frank, he really hasn't given you a reason to to distrust him at this point. Like, it's not like the players he drafted last year were absolutely terrible, couldn't play, hurt all the time, out of the like, just you don't know what you have in them at all. Um, so I, I agree with you. I, I think regardless of who gets picked at nine, if anyone gets picked at nine, if they trade back, whenever the Bears make their selection, you just kind of have to sit back and, and just kind of wait and see, see what yeah. happens. I know it's frustrating to do that because you want to know, you want immediate validation that your team picked the right player, but it's it's you, you're not going to have that right away. It's just... It's not how the NFL works. And you might not even have that for a couple of years to see if this draft class 
is any good overall well espe so, especially at certain positions though and and that's why like for as harsh as we were especially on the corner well we weren't necessarily harsh on them but like the picks themselves you know corner is a position and safety as well these secondary positions are tough you, i mean again right. the, the, a guy that you know what I think was a glaring example of that was Cal Fuller. I remember one of the first conversations that we had when we met, I remember it was me, you, and another one of our, the coworkers there. And the, the the coworker laughed at me for saying, I still like Cal Fuller's potential because he had a couple of down first couple seasons. He's like, oh, no, they got to get another corner or at least like put him at safety. And I was like, I like his skill. I think he's going to develop it. And he wound up being a really good player. And I'm not acting like, oh, I'm right about everything. I've been wrong about players. But like, I don't, the corner is one of those positions that you don't give up on. But I say that to say, interior defensive lineman that's not something that's supposed to especially in the first round that's something that has to make right. an immediate impact right like tackle these guys are supposed to make an immediate impact you can have your rookie mistakes like every position does but that impact has to be immediate if they go you know either trench e either trench has to make an immediate impact well and so that's that's what's interesting to be about Jalen Carter and, and why I would prefer to go offensive line right now um, I know at some point the Bears are going to have to build up their defensive line depth. We've talked about that. That was the lowest grade we gave to any any position group uh, when we did it. Um, but, you know, if you're drafting Jalen Carter over, you know, if you go that route, if you go best player available, Jalen Carter, no doubt about it, and he's not able to make an immediate impact, you think of like how guys get double like Aaron Donald gets triple team double team you know he's always the focus of the defense you think about the Bears defensive line right now that's that's what's going to happen he's the he's the premier player and I'm not saying that you don't draft him because you're scared that he can't make an impact by being the best player but if you do that in a year where you're trying to establish what you have in Justin Fields you want to see if he can progress as a as a as a quarterback just passing side, running side, just running an offense overall. And you go a route where you'd prefer to build up the defensive line with the best player, but decide not to get a potential really great right tackle or just left tackle, whatever. I, I think that's, that's a mistake. That's my opinion. But I would rather, again, we've talked about this a hundred times. I would be okay if they drafted Jalen Carter based off the talent but I would not, I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't be disappointed in the sense that I really want them to just build around Justin Fields just to see what, make sure they know what they have when yep. the decision potentially comes up. I totally agree. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. But I think if the premier tackles are gone by nine, let's say Paris Johnson's gone, Skaronsky's gone, and they, you know, and, and Carter's still there, I would prefer to take him there over someone like Broderick Jones. Absolutely. You get what I'm saying? Like, so totally we don't know great. what the rest totally of the board great. is looking like, but if we're, let's say Paris Johnson and or Skaronsky's there with Jalen Carter, I'm taking the tackle. Yeah. Okay. I just, just, just wanted to double check. Cause uh, but I, you know, that the context is important. Like if it's, if it's quarterbacks and corners, right. And Will Anderson is, is one of the other picks and all of the tackles are somehow still there. And Jalen Carter, I think you have a, very difficult decision yeah. in terms of maybe maybe you do trade down you know maybe yep. maybe you play up Jalen Carter a little bit and you can kind of trade back a little and get some extra extra picks or things like that so yep yeah there, there's options um absolutely um be, 
before we, because I know that you uh, you created a list of of players that you would want the Bears to either target at nine or possibly trade back. You'd feel comfortable with them taking. Before we really dig into the weeds on that, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the draft overall because this is such a fascinating draft. I, I can't remember a draft like this in a long time where it's like there is not even a really. A, a, a consensus number one pick, except I guess last year, cause you had, uh, you know, people weren't sure who the Jaguars were going to take number one. So I guess that, but like just from top to bottom, like there, it seems, I, I feel like in the top 10, like literally every team can go any different route and it would yep. make sense regardless of what they do. It, it's, it's an insane draft. And one of the big stories coming today is will Levis, his his first round his odds to be the first round the first overall pick to the Carolina Panthers went from like plus four thousand to plus four hundred like overnight. Frank, are the Panthers really going to draft Will Levis number one? I don't. I don't think you can. No. I mean, it's. I tweeted today. He's Zach Wilson two point oh. I I don't feel as strongly. I just meant he he honestly it. This reminds me more of the uh, Ryan Tannehill draft. You remember him like inching up draft boards closer and closer to the draft, and he wound up going, what was it, like third overall, fourth overall? He went really high. Um, and, but I, I, the thing with Will that's different about Zach is that his tape, like just his physical talents actually, you, you see it. Like he has a very strong yeah. arm. He ha- he looks like a quarterback. He's big. He's, he's broad. He's Jay but- Cutler, dude. No, I know. Right. And and that's what I mean. So I don't feel like the way I talk about Zach Wilson being like a third round pick. I I, I think he, I think Will Levis should be picked in the first round, like in the teens, early twenties in that range as a guy who maybe doesn't start right away, but you can mold him. He has all the tools physically to be like a Josh Allen type, but I I think he has to sit. I I don't think, or, or just go on a team that's, you know, uh, is really, really bad, and he just gets to soak up all that experience in year one. Um, but even then, like, that doesn't mean number two to the Texans. That doesn't mean number one to the to the Panthers. Like, the, the team, well, if he gets drafted there, he has to be the savior. He needs to go somewhere that doesn't have necessarily the highest. So maybe, maybe even someone like Tennessee at 11, or they trade up to nine with the Bears to get him. That would make sense. You let him sit for a year or two. He didn't have to be the savior there right away, right? Does that make sense? Like, he he's more developmental and I think he has to sit for at least a year, but if he starts year one, it has to be with the team who maybe he does better than Ryan Tannehill in the, uh, in at OTAs. He does better than him in the, in the preseason. And you're like, okay, let's just give it to him. Now expectations are still low. We're getting him experience versus like you go to Houston, you better fucking flash right now. Or we may draft Caleb Williams right back again next year. If we go one and 16, you know what I mean? Like, it's just there's a different level of of what what you need based on the pick, and I just don't. Carolina can't take him again. Sure. Like if if, if what, the Panthers are, if, if if they trade up if they traded up to number one to ultimately draft a guy that they probably could have had at nine, that will be the funniest thing of all time. Plus, that's great for the Bears in my opinion because I don't see Will Levis having a super great rookie season if he starts oh, yeah. right away, like you were saying, which is great for the Bears because they have Carolina's first pick next year, which could be a very, very high pick next year. So, but, and you know, the thing is, it's funny. What I was going to say was 
what the fuck did we do when when the draft was in when in May? Like this feels like such a long off season. It had to have felt even longer. That I don't know if we're podcasting then, but so so I, I've been thinking about this. I've seen people talking about this, and and for as Bears fans, one thing to remember is we were very rarely involved in the draft because of just you know not having a first round picks or just not being really in a position to make a strike at, you know, we, we had so many other question marks at so many bigger positions than what can, a what can Leonard Floyd do or what can Roquan <laughs> Smith do at this, you know, like, like I'm being dead serious. Like the, the draft hasn't been important to bears fans since that number three overall pick in 2017. Yep. I agree. And, and, and even then, if you remember the conversation wasn't, oh man, like, you know, maybe we can get Mitch or maybe we can get Deshaun Watson or we can get Patrick Mahomes. It was, can we get Solomon Thomas? You know, can we get Jamal, Jamal Adams. Adams at three? Like it wasn't about the quarterbacks. It wasn't. Yeah, no, you're right. And you're 100% right. Cause, cause they had just, I mean, they just signed Mike Glennon. Yep. And so Bears fans were kind of like, okay, well let's, Let's see what we have in Mike Glennon. We, we, not a lot of people probably knew who he was. Um, so it wasn't like, and, and Patrick Mahomes, as, as much as people want to say, oh, you know, Bears could have had him, which is very true. But he wasn't a top prospect at that point. He wasn't talked about, and, and even Deshaun Watson wasn't talked about the way that Deshaun Watson probably should have been talked about, which was very strange, especially when you kind of, it was almost like the 2022 draft where it was like, yeah, we like these quarterbacks, but you know, we don't see any of them as like franchise guys, which is just insane as now, but yeah, I, the, the, the draft doesn't really matter to, to bears fans yeah. in quite some time, the way that it, cause as bad as they have mediocre as they've been, they really haven't drafted super high. Like first time they've had the first pick never really had like the second pick or you know, top five picks on and on and on, you know? Well, and, and you know, but so, and the reason why I even brought that up was this is, I mean, we brought up the Zach Wilson thing and, and you know, even like the Mitch thing, if you were on board with, with that, um, or, or just thinking like he got way overdrafted, which a lot of people did uh, the same way that I'm talking about Zach. A lot of people talked about Mitch going into that draft. And I mean, it, it has to be bad for the NFL, right? When the Jets draft Zach Wilson at two, because then they build all this talent around them. Like, the NFL doesn't want that, right? I mean, you, you want parity in, in your league. You want new teams to compete every single year. So I almost wonder if the NFL continues to see people outthink themselves. Because, again, the, the only conversation at one should be C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. The buck stops there. Those are the two most seasoned players. Their tape looks the best. They have the most experience. At, there should be no other conversation at, at, for, for the first quarterback. And then whoever drafts the quarterback next... You're drafting the other guy. Um, if I'm if I'm the commissioner or the owners or whoever, I'm pushing to move this shit up to the end of March. I mean, because like you're only giving these guys more time to convince themselves that Zach Wilson's good, that Will Levis yeah. could be the guy at number one or number two. And maybe we're get, I'm getting ahead of myself because I, I don't think he's going number one, and I don't think he's going number two to the to the Texans either. Um, but even if he goes four to the Colts, I I just don't. If Stroud is there or or Young, depending on who goes number one, like 
at, you're taking him over those guys? You know what I mean? It's it's. We shall see, Jackie. We shall see. Do we want to? Well, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's you know it's still interesting that you you know we're talking about Will Levis potentially going number one, and the fact that Lamar Jackson is still basically available for anyone who wants him, and and no team is going to get him. It's it's fascinating to me. Um, no, I before we get into the Bears stuff, last thing really is just you know how crazy this draft is going to get after the number one overall pick. Oh, like, I know. Because if it's Bryce Young, you know, people are confident that if Bryce Young is available, the Texans will take him at two. That's that's kind of been the consensus, it yep. sounds like. Yep. If he goes number one, the Texans could go freaking crazy and draft. I, I've seen Tyree Wilson, or uh, yeah, Tyree Wilson going number two. I have as well. Will Anderson. Like, you know, so, and then the Cardinals, there was a lot of rumors this week that Kyler really likes Paris Johnson and the Cardinals might actually be taking a tackle at three. And so the Colts then at four might have the option of, you know, obviously I, I think they go quarterback, but you know, they could trade back just a team that wants Will Anderson, like Seattle or, or the lions or whatever. And they could still get CJ Stroud just by sitting at four. We were talking about how they needed to trade up to number one. And it, it, it's just, it's insane. Like how, crazy this draft could get very quickly depending on what happens at number one i agree and i think there's going to be a, i think there's going to be at least two trades within the top 10 not within but like someone trading into the top 10 yeah i, I i've seen the titans linked a lot the which... titans and i think the steelers are really looking to, to to move up as well especially if jalen carter gets to the bears pick the bears are gonna have to have a you know a, a, if, a look in the mirror if if, if jalen carter is available at nine and the steelers are call them 17. Hey, we'll give you, you, we'll give you your pick 31 back and, and our first round pick next year. And, and this pick. You, I, I, yeah. think, I feel like you do have to do that, do right? Fucking, yeah. Do it yeah. in a fucking heartbeat. I agree. I know people are like, oh, that's not going to happen, but because it's basically trading two first round picks for pick, but you're going into the top 10. You know, we've seen, we've seen higher. So I don't, I don't think it would be that. I, I think it would be a pick swap, like a third this year and a first next year. I don't know if I'm polls. I'm saying, hey, listen, I know, <laughs> I know, I can get, I can get a, a 2025 first round pick too. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you give me that. You give it, me it that. It worked once, so he just continues to do it. <laughs> right, right. You give me that pick 31. Back, you, can you know, imagine you can just right like now. in year three, he's negotiating with a free agent? Hey, listen, I know I can get a 2025 pick, bud. And the guy's let like, me, what? Let me let me ask you this, and I think I know I think I know your answer. But let, let me ask you this real quick, and then we'll get into the players. If the Steelers called you up and they said, "Hey, Ryan Poles, we got two options for you. Number one, we'll give you pick number seventeen, pick thirty-one, and we'll give you a twenty twenty-four fourth-round pick, or we'll give you pick seventeen, our twenty-four first, and our twenty-four third. What would you take? Would you take the the second rounder this year, or would you rather have guaranteed a, for, a first round pick next year? I would do the first round pick next year. That gives you three first rounders next year. That okay. gives you so much flexibility. Because again, I don't think this is a Super Bowl contender this upcoming year. Even if you knock this draft out of the ballpark, you can. The NFC is weak, so you can you know sneak in as a wild card or potentially even win the division with like eight wins. This division may not be very good, um, but. You see, I think you bet on that because again, then then you're talking. Remember, we're talking about the Tyreek Hill trade, the AJ Brown trade. There's a disgruntled player out there. We got two firsts for you, and then hey, we still have another <laughs> fucking first. That's what I mean. Like, so 
we uh we shall see but if they call me and they say ryan poles i'm gonna say listen bub i'm not ryan but this is what you should do <laughs> <laughs> you should give us all of your first round picks as many first round picks as you can get for this pick uh no i it's uh yeah no i i agree with you i i think i'd rather have the three first round picks next year yeah oh you know, yeah we were, we were laughed at by the way by certain non-bears fans and non non-bears fan entities about how excited we were that the bears could get t higgins before they got dj moore popping up right now conversations are literally popping up about how t where t higgins could get traded to it's like what the, what the yeah fuck, you know so. listen Listen, you put T. Higgins and DJ Moore in the same wide receiver room. Holy shit. Is that a fucking thing of beauty? And Caleb Williams back there at quarterback. Oh, okay, quarterback. Let's, let's fucking relax, Jackie. I'm getting sick Justin of this shit. Fields back there, you put Justin Fields back <laughs> there at running, running back. back in his natural well, position. All right? Well, they're getting Bijan at nine. So you're, you're running like two tailbacks, two right, tailback let's system. Let's, let's, let's talk it through. Let's talk it through the players. The... There we go. On the clock, Bears number nine. Frankie, you're, you're Ryan Pohl. Put your little Ryan Pohl sunglasses on. Put the aviators on. Put the big peacoat. Pull up the – pop the collar a little bit. Pull into work at 4.56 a.m. There it is. There it is. There it is. Who uh, <laughs> who are we drafting? Who are we drafting at nine? Give me give me the list of, of guys that we can we can choose from. Listen, Jackie. So I I made three categories for staying at nine. The players that I love: Paris Johnson. No no particular order. They just play Paris Johnson, Jalen Carter. I threw Will Anderson on there because I saw some things now. What you talked about a Tyree Wilson going to and and you know just getting a little little crazy. And then Peter Skaronsky. Those are the four guys we stay at nine. I love, love, love those picks. The maybes. And this is with the context. Will Anderson goes two. Jalen Carter goes three. Skaronsky goes to fucking Seattle. Paris Johnson goes to Atlanta or whoever. My maybes, if that happens, Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright, you stay at nine. I'm okay with that. We need a tackle. I think those two are pretty good players. The hates. Now, I have two hates that I don't want to draft them even if, if we trade back. I have two hates that would be good if we trade into the teens. The two hates that if we trade back, I'd be okay with uh, Jackson Smith, Najiba, and Bijan Robinson. You trade with the Steelers at 17 or you get further than that. I'm okay with either of those two picks. I think it's good value there. The two that I want nothing to do with, even though people love them, yada, yada, I don't fucking care about them because they're a position. Christian Gonzalez... Devon Witherspoon. Can't do it. We, we just drafted corners. You let them develop. We figure that out whenever we get there. I'm on board with you. We build around Justin Fields with offensive weapons, and that's why the Jackson uh, and Bijan, if you're in the teens, that's okay. You're still you know, getting explosive weapons for, for your young ascending quarterback. Um, those are my list, Jackie. What do you agree with? What would you add to? What would you switch around? Thoughts? Yeah, so I... I man, it's, it's tough because... Uh, I agree with you on the, on the corners. I want nothing to do with corners at nine. I want nothing to do with the defensive back at nine. If that happens, I will be probably the angriest I've been at Ryan pole since his, since his tenure started since last year at this time, when uh, I think literally tomorrow would be the draft. I can't remember. I was on my honeymoon during it. I was drinking a lot of Balams. If you're ever in Mexico uh, at the Riviera Maya, get the bomb. That's just, that's, that's pro tip advice. Moving forward, uh, I don't 
I, I, I'm kind of, I'm not going to lie to you, Frank. I'm kind of falling in love with Darnell Wright a little bit. I talked Ooh. about it last week when you were telling me that you were upset about the DM situation. The more I thought about it, the more I was kind of like, man, I kind of like a player with an edge, especially on the offensive line. He's huge, man. He's, he's just a big guy. He is. Um, and I, man, like, you know, Will Anderson, listen, we're at the, we had this whole conversation planned before the bears traded the number one pick about if they stay at one, who do they go with? Who do we want them to go with? Do we want them going? Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, we're going to do this whole debate. Didn't obviously happen, but Will Anderson is like the consensus number one pick or like top rated defensive player now in totality without the off the field stuff. Darnell Wright shut his ass down in that Tennessee and Alabama game. Yep. And he like, it's, it's really hard not to, I, I know you can't take that all into for what it's worth, but it's not like Darnell Wright was just out there dominating against nobody's. He was playing in the SEC and he was playing, didn't allow a sack. Like that's, that's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. I've tried not to get too attached to players this year, but it's, it's not happening. I, I, I really want Darnell Wright at, at nine. So he, he would be, it, he would be in your love. You would, you'd push him up from maybe yeah. to love, put him up in the, in, in love. I would say even any of those three, the Broderick Jones bump him down a little bit. I, I, I don't want him at nine. If all four of those guys are, and he's the number one pick, I'll be like a little confused. Um, but I'd be happy with any of the P- Paris Skaronsky or, or Darnell, right. Um, training back just to get, getting the skill players a little bit. Not going to lie. I kind of like the Bijan pick at 17. Oh, I, I, I would love him there. I wouldn't love him anywhere else. It, like no, it, if no, they no. trade down, even with the, with the Titans at 11, I, I would still hate that. Pick. Hate that. Hate that. Yeah, no, he, he needs to be like a, after 15 pick and you get some, some draft capital back yep. like high draft capital back as well. Um, because again, it's like the player, you just look at the player regardless of position. And that player is probably number one, number two, number three top player in the draft. And you're getting him in the late teens. It's hard to beat that value, especially because it's a position of need. You know, I know I, we've talked about this. I know people like Khalil Herbert. I know people are crowning him as like the next thing, but where it, it's not for sure. It's not a for sure thing. And I, you know how I feel about JSN. You know, well, how I well, feel let me about ask you, let me ask you, Jackie, stuff. let's just say they trade to 17. Those are both of the best players on the board. JSN Bijan, mm. Jackie, they call you and they say, Jack Ryan Poles. Who are you picking? Pick is in. My next call, my next call, they call me. I'm calling Justin Fields. <laughs> <via my A. laughs> who, you, who you want? Who you want? But he, well, you know, Bijan you know, wants... he's going to pick JSN though. I know. I know. And and I, I can't lie. I, I, where this offense is going and where it's designed to be. I kind of, I would prefer to have the security blanket of a, of a, the best rookie wide receiver in the draft, because again, there's still question marks to chase Claypool and, and Darnell Mooney. That's, that's huge. So if you can get your Devonta Smith to pair with your AJ Brown, boom, you're gold. But I also don't hate the fact that you'd be adding, you'd be getting such a plus at the running back position that you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to use a third or fourth round pick on a running back. You can use that on a a wide receiver or another offensive lineman or a cornerback or something like that. So at this point, I'd probably leave smack uh, Smith Najiba, but I I would be very hard to say no to Bijan. So that's how I answer that. What about you? Flip that. 
those two players uh-huh who are you taking oh i'm taking Bijan. no wow that was fast okay yeah i'm taking B- i i i just well, you I, don't I, like you don't like smith it's not that it's not that i don't it's not that i don't like him if it's yeah. two things like if, if if he goes to green bay i think it's a good pick for them i think he fits for what they have and i don't think they have as many needs as the bears do that's just a random example but I, I, I don't think we have to address receiver until at least the second, because I think there's going to be some decent prospects there. But I think just with the addition of DJ Moore, we talked about knocking everyone else back down on that. And now you're talking about like Vegas as your fourth. I'm comfortable with him being the fourth. Because okay. is, is Jackson, is Jackson Smith Najiba going to come in and be the number two right away? I don't know if he's better or really any like that different than Darnell Mooney. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's better. I, I do See, think that, that's, our, that, that's our has the potential just, to be better. That, that, well, that, that's just what we just disagree. Like, man, I, I, if I thought he was like any of the guys sure. in the last couple of drafts, I, I would be talking at nine. I would be like, that, like that's if he was guy. like Waddle, if he was Jalen Waddle, if he was Jalen Waddle, if he was Jamar Chase, if he was uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. I don't think he's. I don't think he's those guys, man. I, I think he's a really good player. I don't think he's that. And that's why you're that's why you're seeing the reports now that like people think that Zay Flowers is the number one and people think that so and so is the number one. I've even seen other people talking about Quentin Johnston. Like I know like there wasn't necessarily a consensus last year, but there was almost like a tier list of like here's your five guys. Everyone else isn't uh, uh, the guy. These are these are the guy. You know what I mean? Like you don't even have that this year. And like if if Jackson Smith can't separate himself as like the the real for sure number one, I just it gets me weird. And I told you I don't really like his film as much. I, I I wish the Bears could have found a way to get Olave in this offense because it'd be that such a good been, fit right now. I mean, you, yeah. may, not have needed, you, um, may, you may not have needed uh, DJ Moore if you got Olave. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Jackie, here's the, the, the last portion to it. The, 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 if we trade to the teens, specifically with the Pittsburgh thing in mind, because that's who they, that, that's what the rumors yeah. have been. We right. touched, I touched on Jackson Smith and, and Bijan. They're both there. The other two, which honestly, they may not be there because I've seen them mocked higher than that. I don't think they should go higher. Maybe in that range, they, they they should go in this range, not in the top 10. Tyree Wilson and Nolan Smith would be would be the two. that, that That's given that Broderick Jones is gone already, Darnell Wright, and the tackles are gone already. I've, I, I've ran some mock drafts. I've looked at other people's mock drafts. They seem to be there. The guy that I would hate, I, there, there's not much more hate. If like a corner was there, if the guys that we're talking about at nine, if one of them were to slip... 17 i wouldn't hate it at that point you're picking you're like really picking best player available so i wouldn't hate them there the guy that i would hate jackie i forgot to write his name down the uh the pass rusher from uh is it iowa lucas van ness lucas van i can't we can't i don't care what i don't care what pick i don't care if he slips into the second because i've seen some guys i've seen some edge rush edge rushers that people are high on that are going to go in the second i've seen some tackles that people are high on that that may be there in the second or are projected to be there in the second I don't care if he slips. Everything that I've heard and and people who evaluate film that know way more than me about defensive ends, he has one move. He's a he's a bull rusher, and they were comparing him to people who made me uncomfortable. Jackie, I clutched my pearls listening to these podcasts. I didn't like it. He's my hate overall in the first round. I, I would rather draft a corner at nine than take him anywhere that the Bears trade back. I'm serious. Wow. Wow. Okay. But what, what, yeah, what, what do mean, you think? Tyree Wilson, Nolan Smith, you trade into the teens, solid value? Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would take either one of those guys. Um, Cause again, it's not that the bears don't need defensive line help. I just, 
at number nine would prefer them to go offensive tackle. So, yeah, but I, I, I agree with you about Van Ness. I know there's like draft experts, quote unquote, who really like him. Um, but I just don't, I don't know. I, I just, I don't see, I know he's like a local. The, the thing that makes me a little bit nervous, Frank, I'm not going to lie, is that he went to Barrington and, and, from if we've learned anything about Ryan Poles uh, in, in this offseason, it's that he loves himself some local boys. He loves those local prospects. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm very curious to see. Uh, you know what, Frank? I, I, I don't want to talk too much about guys that we hate because I, I, I want to try and be a little more positive on this podcast. Um, That'll be the fucking day, Jackie. We just had 50 <laughs> minutes of shitting on everybody. Uh, you know who I would I'm curious to, to kind of hear how you would feel about this, because I feel like it's it's one of those things that you could either hate or love. Dalton Kincaid at 17. If the Bears went tight on, what would you oh, do? Oh, at 17. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah at 17. At 17. Oh, Not yeah. Nine. He Not dude, the, the things that uh, that I've heard about the, this tight end class. I would prefer if they go tight end, it'd be in the second, but he would be the one that if they take in the first round, it, would, it could be at nine. But if they trade to 17 and then, or even trade into the at like 20 or something, absolutely fucking lutely, I'd take him. Because okay. again, you need okay. you need weapons. He, by all accounts, is the best receiving threat at tight end coming out of this draft. I would be okay with it. Yeah. We we were talking we were talking Bijan we're talking Smith and Jeebo, so definitely wanted to bring up the tight end option because obviously that's big. Uh, but my tier, you know, he, a, he a would be. He would be a priority under if if all three of those were available that you just right, named. Right, right, right. You of can't course, pick him there. No, no. But or if Bijan goes ten, you know, and and Smith Najiba goes thirteen to the Packers, like yep. that's who they traded up. Yep. If that's who they wanted to swap swap picks for with the Jets, you know, and, and Kincaid is available, you know. Oh, okay. Let, let me ask you this: If Kincaid is available, but Tyree Wilson is is available as well, or or Nolan Smith is available, who, who are you going with at, at seventeen? 17, not nine. 17, not nine. I would go with Tyree. I, I like his I like his prototype a lot for the Eberfus. I don't think defense. Tyree's gonna make I don't think he's gonna he's make not. it to, to he's not, but I, I, think I, I don't think he I think he is, but I don't think he should. Especially with the way people talk about these corners. I don't hate them as prospects. I hate them for the Bears. The both of those yes. corners should go top ten based on what everyone's saying about them. So you add that in with probably four quarterbacks. That's what makes me think if you pick Tyree with the other tackles on the board, you know what I mean? Maybe a, a bit of a reach, but I, I, every team has different needs though. That's the only thing, you know, so we're, we're viewing it from a bears lens. So I, I may be, I may be shifting <laughs> it a little bit. Have, and the bears have every need. They have needs at all. Well, that's all positions. Jackie, that, that, that's what makes it weird. Cause, and I know you've said this a couple times, sort of qualifying it, but you're right. Like that's what makes if Jalen Carter were there at nine, if Will Anderson were to somehow slip, or if the Bears just get ballsy and say, you know, we want to trade up to six because we want Will Anderson. Some crazy land world that that happens. But that that is the position group that needs the most help right now. So it's hard for me to even be mad if they if they were to pass up on Skaronski or Johnson at, at nine and go Jalen Carter. Because that that realistically is the worst position group on the Bears. Um but I, again, I align with your philosophy of I'd rather much rather I'd much rather this year help Justin continue to to make progress and and get him either a weapon or or uh, a tackle. But it's hard to, it's hard to, to not you know it's hard to be mad at at taking a potential generational talent on the defensive line. 
Yeah, and uh, we will see if uh, if Ryan Poles agrees with Frank or myself in terms of if he believes in that philosophy as well. Curious to see exactly what he decides to do with his uh, with his draft pick at number nine. If he trades back, if he sticks up, if he just wants to take best player available, if he wants to get his best position, you know, best positional uh, player available. It's a very interesting draft right now, and and I'm I'm just ready for it to be here and for it to be over. Because Same. I'm tired of talking about mock drafts. <laughs> I'm tired of talking about, well, you know, the Bears could go literally any position. It's like, how do we have conversations about that where it's like anything could be on the table because there's no consensus. Like there's yep. like even the top five. I, I couldn't I couldn't bet on the top five. I wouldn't I know. do it. And I, mean, I have no clue what's going to happen again. Even, I mean, crazy. the fact that the fact that they're saying will may slip to nine is fucking crazy, but it may happen. There's like there's no they're, way that happens. Jackie, there's, there's no a way. way I would put, I'd put money on it that it doesn't happen. There's a way. I mean, cause the guy that we haven't even spoken about at all yet is Anthony Richardson. He he may go top five. I hope the Vikings trade up for him. I hope the Vikings trade up and get Anthony what if Richardson. They, what if they, they come knocking at number nine? You know what? You, but you know mm. what attracts me to getting to getting a pick in the twenties that you're probably going to ask for a player back. That's going to be impactful. You know, that was the same reason why they wanted to trade further than number two or number four because now you can demand a player to make up for draft capital. You know what I mean? If the Bears can get a, a right tackle through that sense and and trade back into the twenties and get get something there, that would be. And then and then maybe you're at like, you know, mid twenties and you get Bijan. Oh, here, here's Jackie. the thing, man. Here, here. Here's the thing. I, I you know what? I, I might have to bump my trust level and in, in, in polls up to an eight. I don't think I gave him enough credit for what he did uh, to, to Carolina. I know that. That's, I don't, I don't that's think we what, gave him enough. Yeah, that's what has me yeah. at a seven because the Claypool thing. I, that was and the Velas <laughs> as the year went on. Yeah, but dude, yeah. the way he worked that, I, that, that that's a different level of savvy. I, I just started watching Succession. We just finished season two. Have you ever seen Succession? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So the end of season two, where I'm at right now, don't tell me anything that happens after this. But uh, Kendall asks his dad, "Well, why, why wouldn't it have been me, Dad? Be honest with me." He said, "You're not a fucking, you're not a killer, just not what you are." And then he goes out to that press conference and he fucking kills his dad, Jackie, at the end of season two. I loved it. That's what Ryan Poles did to Carolina. He he, he was Ryan a fucking Poles shark in doing, the pool. He's, I, 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 he might, he might be working a master class in this draft, in this, in this draft he might. Uh, tomorrow. Jackie, are on, we, on Thursday. are, are, are we going to do an immediate reaction podcast after the pick? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have, have to, to right? look up for, for Frank and I to, uh, be given our quick, our, our quick thoughts on, on the first round. I don't know about the second round, depending, you know, unless something crazy happens, probably not. Um, yeah. but you know, we'll first definitely round, do yeah. a, a, a first reaction to an immediate reaction to the first pick. Um, whenever that happens. And then uh, we will give our full draft analysis on the uh, next week's podcast yep. and, uh, you know, give our, give our draft grade, which is always, always spot on hundred percent correct. Yep. And never ages poorly uh, at all. You know, as, draft as grades are meant to happen day after the draft. Yeah. Don't even wait for the players to, to nope. take a snap. I, if I re recall, you said last year that Bayless Jones would fumble two punts and lose his job. You said that right when he the, the Bears drafted him live on this uh, on this pod, and then I had threw it back. I said, "You know what? I think you're right. I, I can see that." And I said, "I think Braxton Jones is your starting left tackle. He doesn't miss a game." And we had, I mean, two immediate takes right after the draft. So you know, tune in. I wish, I in all seriousness, I wish our our listeners, I wish 
I was, you know, I, I, I the draft, I, I wish I could have been part of, of the uh, conversation in regards to looking at that, those first picks um, of the Ryan Poles era last year, obviously being on my honeymoon and, and being incredibly drunk in Mexico <laughs> <laughs> didn't allow for that. But, uh, you know, I, I wish our, our our listeners could have just seen the conversation Frank and I were having about about missing out on Pickens and and Pierce and you know that text exchange. You may have said yeah. a slur. You were drunk. <laughs> Who am I to argue? <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely did. Everybody Frank, love everybody. Yeah, exactly. Everybody <laughs> love everybody. You're goddamn right, Frankie. This has been the the Bear with Us podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. We're we're finally made it to the draft. And uh, we will have plenty more to talk about next week. And uh, again, be on the lookout for that immediate reaction to uh, the Bears. And and Ryan Poles, his first first round pick as the GM of the Bears. Yep. Later, Jackie. Later, everybody.